They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced. Fourth and 26. Stinks it in trash. AI's crossover. Throwing batteries at J.D. Drew. Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz. The Legion of Doom. And thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. Yes. How does it feel, Johnny Mita? How does it feel? Everybody. How does it feel, brother? How does it feel? Uh, oh man, it was a uh, it was a hard fought win, but uh, feels good, man. You're on top of the world right now. I know. It's, uh, we haven't felt this good about a football team in, in, in quite some time. Man. Chip Kelly's and, first Chip Kelly's first year where they were high flying and about to go to the postseason or better than that? Because like don't forget don't forget that was a good we've got the genius, Vic, yeah. Deshaun, yeah. Shay. I mean yeah. like, there yeah. were some there were some pound on your I chest, think, feel good about yourself moments that year. I think the defense is a whole lot better than that team was. I agree. Completely. Way better. And if people start to get healthy, you know, sky's the limit for this team moving forward. Really? I mean, it's... You're drinking the Kool-Aid I mean, then. Let's just start there. By the way, this is the Brotherly Love Podcast. SoundCloud yeah. and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, at Love Podcast. Joe O'Donnell, John Mita. You know the drill by now. Over 5,000 clicks on SoundCloud. Thank you, peeps. Thank you. Should have had some applause ready for that one. Um, yeah. Eagles are 5-1. and one. They go into Carolina... Short week. It's it's damn near impossible, folks, to win on the road in Thursday night football. It doesn't matter the matchup. You can be playing the Little Sisters of the Poor. It's proven statistically it's not easy to win. And the Eagles... Except for this year, though. Except for this year. That's the crazy thing, Joe. The road team this year on Thursday night football is 5-1. and one. Is Really? Because in the year. past, I remember previous years, it was like you were, you were a dead duck. Oh, you were skunkers. No, this is the year that that trend has totally turned around. But I'm totally with you. Yeah. It's nearly, usually the home team is at a special advantage, no doubt about it. Yeah. All right. Well, 28-23 the final. The Philadelphia yeah. Eagles are 5-1. and one. They lead the NFC East. They lead the entire National Football Conference. Before we talk about the win, give out some game balls. I want to know if you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Should the Eagles be talked about as a NFC contender Given the fact it's mid-October, is that too much hype, or are you all in right now? Uh, not only am I drinking it, I'm getting drunk off this Kool-Aid. <laughs> it tastes so damn good. No, um, listen, if there's one thing that I've learned after watching the NFL, is that basically it is completely wide open in both conferences. Yeah. I mean, there is not one clear-cut team where you say, you know, everybody thought that that was possibly the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Well, they go down to stupid Blitzburg yesterday. Right. At home. so depressing. In Kansas At City. Home. Yeah. In Kansas City. And go with, who would have thought the New York Giants going to Denver, Denver coming off a bye. Right. And they come up victorious. Atlanta they coming off their bye week. Yeah. And they get drunk by Jake Cutler smoking cigarettes in the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> oh, my God. Unbelievable. So, yeah, I would say – one of the biggest news of the day is that you have to discuss is the injury to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if there was one team in the NFC that you kind of feared, would you have an opportunity to beat that team if you had to go on the road in a playoff game to go to Lambeau Field? Aaron Rodgers is just one of those prolific quarterbacks. It's just, you saw what he did two weeks ago against Dallas. Yeah, he's never, he's never out of a game. He's never out of never a game. Out of game. Never out of game. Now that he's possibly done for the foreseeable future, if not the year, the NFC is there for the taking. Who wants it? Atlanta seems to be a little bit of Super Bowl hangover going through. Um, Seattle's just not really the same team. Their defense is fairly good, but they have offensive line troubles. I mean, who else in the NFC can you pick out that's going to be a contender? I mean, you look at another team, Minnesota, great defense. They'll have issues at the quarterback position. You go to the NFC South, I mean, Carolina, we just you know, the Eagles handle business there. I mean, it is wide open. Yeah, and, da- and Dallas is just not the same team. Their no. defense this, stinks. This would be a perfect week to live in, and I'll almost never utter this sentence. Perfect week to live in Dallas. Perfect week to live in New York. Perfect week to live in D.C. I'd love it. I'd be walking around in my B West jersey, just <laughs> rocket. I, I I would sleep in the thing and just wear twenty four seven. Who's gonna chirp you? You can't get chirped. You can't yeah. get chirped wow. right now. You can't. People are talking. They haven't played anybody. I don't care. You play who's on the schedule. They just went to Carolina, team that was in the Super Bowl two years ago, and they beat them in their building on a Thursday night in front of everybody. So, hey, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not, you know, to me, they're not the favorites. To me, they're not the team to beat. To me, they're, you know, you're right. It is such a wide open league. It's a week to week league. A week from now, we might be talking about. Man, they let the Redskins back in the division, blah, blah, blah. The Saints look good. The Vi- It's so week to week, the NFL. And you get very high, you get very low. It's easy to criticize. The day after a loss, everybody stinks. The day after the you know a big win, it's Super Bowl, baby. So I'm going to try and pump the brakes a bit, but I am so thrilled with the way this football team competes, tackles, and plays hard. I mean... It's been look the penalties, and we might as well go there because you and I both had issues. I'm sure all of Philadelphia did. Oh, I mean, I have never witnessed a more one-sided game, penalty-wise. I don't think in my entire life. And to be quite honest, like I was just even when the Panthers had it late in the game, and it looked like maybe the Eagles are going to let it slip away, and I'm going all Negadelphia doom and gloom. We're going to blow it. I just like we'll just give a phantom holding call on the Panthers, and it just it makes the whole night even. Just give them a second and 20 on one of their final drives on some garbage holding call. And I just feel better about the whole. And it never happened. There wasn't a PI. There wasn't a hold. There wasn't a false start. What was their one penalty? I don't even remember. On a kickoff, yeah. on, the, on the field goal? Or, I mean, they the extra point? Go. Was it on the extra point? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, it was one penalty for one yard. Yeah. Again, six penalties for 137 yards. Um, but if there was a ball to Alshon Jeffrey, I'm like, man, he's got to make that catch. Right, but his left arm was, was, yeah, his left arm was big. Exactly. Right. And, and my buddy Danny was like, Hunter was like, man, no, the guy, has, you know, his pass interference. How can he catch a ball if one of his arms is gone? Right. Like, you know. I texted you, and I'll read this for those of you out there 
in brotherly love podcast land that maybe didn't see it. This just came from Dave Zangaro on Twitter. The last four times that Pete Morelli's crew has had an Eagles game, all right? The last four times. They've all been on the road. The Eagles have been penalized 40 times in those four road games with Morelli's crew for almost 400 yards. Like almost, like 396 yards, if you want to be specific. Okay? In four games. Their opponents in four games with this crew on the road. Eight penalties total for 74 <laughs> yards. <laughs> that's, 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 that's criminal. Dude, that, that's an embarrassing how does, how does somebody look, how does a beat reporter look this up and, a, and they're able to tweet it and the NFL hasn't gotten wind? Or the NFL hasn't seen this, or the NFL doesn't know this. I mean, does Pete Morelli bet on games? Seriously. Does Pete Morelli and his crew, do they bet on football games? Because to me, that says something shiesty's going down. Yeah, well, not only that, I mean, you probably didn't see this because you're not really in the Facebook universe, but I can't tell you how many Facebook posts I read that said, sign this petition so that Pete Morelli never... Never worse an Eagles game again, and we're going to send it. To, uh, we need 10,000 signatures <laughs> to send the Roger Goodell. I mean, it was all over the place. And, and you're right. These guys have to be – I mean, that's just – that's absurd. I mean, you got, you got the short week. You've got your battle on injuries. You're on the road. You've got basically, you know, not a rookie quarterback, but a young quarterback going up against a former MVP, and you've got a battle of stripes too? I mean, come on now. And they got it done. 28-23, the final. Give me some game they balls, John Mina. Give me some game balls. Who you got? I mean, how do you not give the damn defense the entire game ball? But I'll tell you, one guy that really fallen out that was just all over the field, especially after Jordan Hicks got injured, it's got to be the play of linebacker Nigel Brown. Amen. The guy was all over the place. He made a great tackle on Christian McCaffrey. It was a third down. He brought McCaffrey up short. I think they had to settle for a field goal in that instance. He was just all over the football field, cracking heads, just playing the linebacker position like an all-pro. It was awesome to see. So my game ball goes to Nigel Brad. You got any other game balls? Because I got a couple of them for you. Fletcher Cox. With this guy in the lineup, with Tim Jernigan, Fletcher Cox, that, that led to the Rasul Douglas interception. Yep. He essentially carried the center back to Cam Newton's grill. Cam Newton just threw up a duck-duck goose. And it was intercepted. So the play of Fletcher Cox, when you get that all-pro push up front, it just makes the entire defensive line better. And like I said before, when these corners come back healthy, everybody knows we need 11-day rest to get ready for the Redskins on Monday night because that's going to be another physical NFC show now. But you get that type of play from your defensive line, that's where the game is won, baby, in the trenches. And that defensive line has been bringing it all year long. Well said, and uh, I will follow it up with this. You called it last episode on the Brotherly Love podcast. If I had my act together, I would have the clip for you. I do not have my act together. You can go back and listen to it, though, on SoundCloud and iTunes. You called it. You said Patrick Robinson had been stepping up, and Patrick Robinson had a hell of a football game Thursday night as well. Yeah, I mean, he had another interception. I mean, the guy just seems to be in the right place at the right time. And the amazing thing is, like, now we're, you're, you're so worried. Like in this day and age, we, we all see how injuries affect, affect the game of football. Next man up mentality. And we've had injuries at some key positions. And, you know, Smallwood, one of the running backs goes down. 
Now, all of a sudden, they're sprinkling in Kenyon Bonner, and he's not, and they're not missing much. I mean, it's, it's just a credit to the, you know, the coaching staff and these guys prepared every week. Hey, you might even want to give Doug Peterson a game ball to have this team at five. Oh, don't right steal now. my, don't steal my thunder. Oh, all right. Come I'm on, sorry, brother. I was for one. Right. I was going to pump his tires. I got the air pump out here. I'm going to work. <laughs> Poopy Peterson oh, building them up. Hey, look, I will be honest on this podcast at all times, and I will eat crow when I need to eat crow. And I told you I didn't believe in Doug Peterson. I told you I didn't believe in drafting some kid from North Dakota State that never played anything other than, like, Cardinal O'Hara football competition, all right? The Ginger General, the Wentz Wagon, Wentzylvania, whatever you want to call him, the kid's a stud. And you know what he's doing? You know what he's doing? He's been protecting the football. Three touchdowns on Thursday night, and for the most part, he's keeping it clean. Now, he's taking some hits. I don't like that, but he's running when he needs to. Six carries, 25 yards, keeping him honest with the – you know, his ability to extend plays and get forward, you know, positive yardage when he has to. But he's protecting the football for the most part. Those early season fumbles, knock on wood, they're a thing of the past. The picks, keep it clean, Carson. Would love it. He's been dominating, and he's got confidence. And I'll tell you what else about this football team's impressive, John Mita. Because they can run the ball, and because they have weapons now, they can beat you different ways. You've seen different wins from the Eagles. Look at all five wins. The defense against the Redskins was stout, right? In Kirk Cousins' grill all game long, made it tough on the road week one. Chiefs game, got away from them. But then you're talking about the Giants game, right? That was a back-and-forth affair. And the Chargers game, running the ball with Blunt. Now you got the you know the Cardinals game. Wentz, three touchdowns, boom, boom, boom. You know, hitting the deep ball. Aguilar, Smith, I mean, they're, they've got different ways to beat you now. And I don't know that the Eagles have had that for a very long time. Because of the balance with running the ball, the commitment to running the ball, and a good defense, we know their special teams are rock solid. They can beat you in different ways now. And that's something that makes them a very difficult team to play against come Sunday or whenever the hell their games are. Um, I want to give a game ball to Doug Peterson, though. I digress from all that because of the two-point conversion. All right? They went to time uh, commercial break Thursday night football. We all thought they had gone up 17 to 10 or whatever the score was after that touchdown. And they come back and they're like, no, their Eagles are going for two. It's at the one-yard line. What's he do? He doesn't get fancy. There's no pitch outside. There's no option run. Give the damn ball to Blunt. Okay? Power's in. And did you see the sideline reaction? Every single guy on the sideline was thrilled with Doug Peterson's decision. And even the broadcasters gave him credit. Because he had confidence in his football team. He was screaming at the refs. Hey, don't assume I want the extra point. I want to jam it down their throat. That, I told you last week, I wanted to see more. We asked, we talked about who do you want to see more from. I said, I want to see Doug Peterson. Show me, show me, show me that your spots have changed, right? Leopard doesn't change his spots, whatever the line is. Doug Peterson, since week two, and I've seen on social media, people are saying, well, it's not really. No, he has changed his MO. I'm sorry. He has changed his MO. When they dropped Wentz back like 60 times week two, since then there's been a more balanced attack. You could talk about personnel. You could talk about matchups. You could talk about your opponent. Bottom line is Doug Peterson is more committed to the run than he's ever been since he's been head coach here, and it's paying off. And he had confidence in his players to jam it in from one yard out. He showed that confidence in them, and they responded. And that, to me, was a huge moment in that football game. Huge moment. So Doug Peterson gets a game ball. My other game ball goes to Zach Ertz. 
because for a guy that you and I have chirped, the rest of Philadelphia has chirped in the past, he never gets in the end zone. He never makes a big play. He's great between the 20s. What did he do on Thursday night? Two red zone scores. Good job, Zach Ertz, baby. Love it. Ertzy, babe. Ertzy, babe. That's what I'm talking about. The other thing that we also have to, you know, give kudos to the coaching staff is the fact that Wayne Johnson wasn't playing right tackle on Thursday night. Yeah. And I know, and I know Vitae got beat early, but they did some other things to, to make sure that Carson Wentz was protected. They did a little chipping, maybe an extra tight end, and that's just another adjustment. Remember that game when Andy Reid put Winston Justice up against O.C. Humanor? Yeah, I think he, I think he just got another sack, Humanor. Yeah, it was like twenty-five sacks, you know. And they just and even Vontai, even last year, remember the Redskins game? Oh yeah, Kerrigan was all over him, all over him. And we're like, God darn it, why don't you chip him? Why don't you put a tight end there? And they just let Kerrigan get free. Well, that just goes to show that this guy's making adjustments during the course of the game, and things are working. And I'm. I'm very encouraged by this football team. I love the formula. You said it a week ago. Stick to the formula. When Carson Wentz only has to drop back 30 times a game to run football effectively, the defense is playing this style. This is going to be a hard football team to beat this year. Yeah, and let's and again, I you know we talk about all three phases, and I always talk about the Eagles special teams because they're so solid. But if you know your special teams aren't going to lose you a football game. And really, the one game that they kind of got outplayed, I talked about a couple weeks ago, was the Chiefs game. But for the most part, they 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 win the field position battle. Knock on wood, Jake Elliott's been pretty solid. I mean, when, you, when you're able to do that, to put yourself in good spots and not give the other team momentum on special teams, there's one phase of the game you don't have to worry about. Now that your defense is tackling well, and for the most part, those X plays, those home run plays... Haven't been there in a couple weeks. The Chargers had a few of them to keep themselves in the game. But for the most part, the Eagles are keeping everything in front of them. They're tackling well. That just gives you so much more opportunity. The NFL comes down to a handful of plays every game, man. A handful of big plays. You have to stay in the game as long as you can. You've got to make those plays when they present themselves. You've got to take advantage of opportunity, and you can't get sloppy with the football. It is a formula that will you'll win 10 games every single year. Run the ball. Control the clock. Don't do anything stupid, and you pretty much will find your way towards the fourth quarter in a football game. Because the parity is not that, you know, there, there's so much talent on every team or sometimes lack thereof on every team that it's almost a wash. And so for the Eagles, they have different ways to win games now, and they're not beating themselves. The penalties, sure, <clears throat> nauseating at times this season, but they're not beating themselves for the most part, and that's why they're 5-1. and one. You can talk about who they played. You can talk about this or that, but you're seeing growth from a quarterback, growth from a head coach. They can run the football, and their defense is getting it done, and their special teams tops in the league for the most part. I mean, that is going to get you to January. No doubt. One more game ball, real quick. Yeah. Michael Kendricks. I Your think boy. He had 17, 17 tackles yeah. in the game. Yep. 17 tackles. So we got to give Kendricks a big shout out. He's been balling out, got more playing time, obviously, with assuming the role of, uh, of Hicks because Hicks was injured, but 17 tackles. Man, that's awesome. Yo, if, you, if, if you're out there listening and you did not see Malcolm Jenkins mic'd up, uh, it wasn't from Thursday. It was from the game prior. If you didn't see Malcolm Jenkins mic'd up against the Cardinals, it's about a five-minute piece. You can find it, Google search, NFL.com, whatever. It's unbelievable. I love Malcolm Jenkins. The guy is a leader. He's positive. He brings it. 
He's telling the guys, don't be good today, be great. And you know what? He goes out and sets the tone himself. I love Malcolm Jenkins as an eagle. It's going to be a shame when he walks away from this game. Um, but he has been a treat to have in the secondary the last couple of years. And he is a goddamn good leader, too. Uh, so check it out. Right up. Did you see his fraternity dance in the locker room after the I game? He, oh, he, nah, said, nah, nah. he said on Twitter, don't call it a dance. It's not a dance. Oh, what is it? I'm sorry. I don't know what it is, but it's not a dance. <laughs> Right. It was well, good, though. It was. it was good, though. Man, it, put, Carl, it put Carlton from the Fresh Prince to shame. Ooh, no doubt about that. <laughs> um, let's shift gear. Well, let's let's just finish thoughts on the birds real quick. Monday night football. Sure. I know you'll be there. The link's going to be off the chain. You literally have a chance. I don't want to say put the division away because the NFL is crazy with injuries and you got half the season left. But boy, oh boy, everybody else is going to have played and the Eagles are going to be waiting. You get a break here, break there. You beat the Redskins on Monday Night Football at home, which you should, by the way. There's a good chance this team could be two, three games clear of everybody in the division. That's astounding. And and, and I don't like to get too far ahead of myself, so I've been looking at the rest of the conference. You know, you've got to keep your eye on the wild card because you never know how the division shakes out. You don't know about injuries, but you're talking about teams like the Saints, the Vikings, the Panthers. Eagles fans need to keep their eyes on how they're performing as well. Pad that lead, baby, because all you got to do is get to January. doesn't have to be the division as much as I'd like to see it. You just got to get to January. What do you think about Monday night? Monday night, again, let's look at the formula, how we beat them in D.C. If you pressure Kirk Cousins and you're in his face and you just pound him, he is, he is going to make some mistakes. And you want to see some more things for the offense, the same type of deal. Make sure that you run the football. Did you know that Garrett Blunt is eighth in rush yards in the entire NFL, considering he didn't even play in the first game? Did you I mean, it's incredible. Did you see yeah. how many yards after contact Garrett Blunt has? I don't it's think I missed It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Really? He, is, he is crushing it in yards after contact right now. And that's, I mean, you want to talk about the Philly fans getting fired up. Do we love anything more than blue collar? Then run it uh. right down your throat smash you in the mouth and keep on going. I mean, that's Philadelphia in, in a nutshell. So I've loved it. He had 14 carries, 67 yards on Thursday night. I thought they could have given him the ball more. Interesting to see a Smallwoods back on Monday night and how they kind of divide things up. But I'm with you, man. Keep running the football. And again, in, in my opinion, protect the ball. Don't give the Redskins yeah. anything easy. Well, well, key injury, too, is we're not so sure of Josh Norman. You know, he suffered some broken ribs about a couple weeks ago. So, yep. I don't know. If he's out for the Redskins, that means we should be dialing up some Alshon Jeffries for sure. I love it. Give me a grade for Alshon Jeffries so far. Because as of now, mid-October, he's not getting paid number one money this offseason. Yeah, right now, I'd give him a B. But I think it's still – I think it's too hard. That's, what, that's the great thing about this football team, Joe, is it seems like they're getting better and better every week. Things just get a little better in every area. The timing gets better. You know, I mean, Carson Palmer, uh, Carson Palmer, good Lord, I can't even speak right now. Carson Wentz, he was struggling with the deep ball early in the season. It now seems like he has that timing down yep. with his receiver. So, right now I give him a B, which, I mean, plenty of room for improvement. I like to see him be a more effective red zone. I like to see them go, you know, go with him, you know, in the red zone a little more as a big target, but... Right now, I give him a B. What's your grade on it? B as in above average? 
or D as in below average? I didn't. No, B, 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 B is in yeah, the B is in above average. Okay. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I'd probably go in that B minus range. I mean, there hasn't been that big play, but at the right. same time, he's had some nice catches. He's finding some separation at times. They've been off a little bit. Those two on some of those maybe big home run passes. The thing I've liked though is he seems to be all in. There's been times where I've wondered when he's not getting the ball, when the team's maybe behind a few points, what's he thinking? Because if he has that diva mentality, beat it. Take a hike. But for the most part, he seems all in. You know, if you watch sometimes when, like, when Ertz had one of those two touchdown catches Thursday night, the first guy to him was Alshon Jeffrey. I love that sort of stuff. I don't want the Des Bryant, if it's not me, I'm not happy for my teammate type attitude because I feel like there are certain receivers that act that way. Um, so no I've been. I, I like the fact that Jeffrey seems all in, and, and hey, it helps when you're five and one, right? If the Eagles I'll were two, if the Eagles were two and three, and Alshon Jeffrey had one touchdown on the year or whatever it is, like, would he be acting this way? I don't know, but we don't have to worry about it right now. Um, all right. Winning cures yes, all. Yes, amen. Um, all right, let's shift gears. Sixers start Wednesday night. It's on the mothership ESPN. Give me your over under on wins or where you think this team's going to finish. Everybody has to be excited if you're a Sixers fan. And I can't wait to see how Ben Simmons, you know, evolves as a basketball player, considering this is going to be the first year that he plays in the league, essentially his rookie year since he sat the entire year out. Um, there is, you know, right now it was announced today that Embiid's going to be on a minute restriction somewhere like he's going to be in the teens, which is kind of crazy. But the beautiful thing with Joel Embiid playing like 18, 19 minutes a game, the guy can drop 20 points in 19 minutes. So, um, and you want to see the development of the young kid. I know everybody is extremely down on Martel Fultz, okay, because he was the number one pick. But you just have to give him a little time. The kid is 19 years old. He's got a lot to learn. You know, he has some veterans around him. He's going to be fine. But people just need to, you know, I really do think this team can make the playoffs. The East is weak. Let's face it, okay? You have Cleveland. Okay, you have Boston. And then you, you name me six other teams that are probably better than the 76ers. Okay, Milwaukee, they're trending up. You know, maybe Miami. But other than that, the East is completely wide open. That's the beautiful thing here, people. We don't have to play in the West. My God. <laughs> you want to talk about, you know, if, you had to, if this team had to play in the West, you know, they would be hard-pressed to win 38 games. But the fact that they're playing in the East, I see them winning 43 basketball games this year, which is what? 13 or 14 games better than what they were last year. So I kind of have them 43. I see them as like a 7 or 18. Possibly a 6 if things go well. But I really do think this is going to be a great year. All right, let's stay with Fultz for a minute. What's your impression or kind of prediction for how he plays out? By April, are we talking about the sixth man of the year for the young kid because he's still coming off the bench? Are we talking about a role player on a playoff team? Or are we talking about a budding star, and you're looking for year two because you can't wait for him to be a beast? You know, I, I think he's going to be a budding star. I just want to know what the hell is going on with the doctors for the Philadelphia 76ers. Because everybody says that this kid's changing his shot because his shoulder's banged up. But my God, people, you know, the 76ers' ownership has more money than God. So let's bring in some good doctors. <laughs> i got to be honest with you, man. Some of these guys have been injured. It seems like they've been completely mishandled. So... I, I just shake my head because I'm like, well, if the kids hurt, put them on the shelf. Like, there's no need to wear, like, if it's his shooting shoulder, 
Like, why wear him down? Like, I, I don't understand. No, I think, I think the kid's going to be a star. I really do. I just think it's going to – listen, he was green at Washington. He played at a university, Pac-12. The competition is not that great. It's not like he played in the ACC or the Big East or Big Ten, one of these other conferences. The competition out there is a little hack, you know, and he didn't really play for a good team. So the kid's so young, but he has great work ethic, and, and I think at some point – you know, he doesn't have the explosiveness, but he has a, a great skill set. You know, it's going to be – we know the kid's a hard worker. It's just going to be an adjustment. There's so many players that have come into the league that have been high draft picks where it kind of takes them two to three years to get it. But once they get it, then they become dominant. So I kind of see that kid on this I, – I, I see him project on the same type of path. I, see where, I, I feel like we're going to see flashes in year one towards the end of the year. Once he feels out, I don't know, the first 20, 30, 40 games, we'll see him getting a little more comfortable. And then by the end of the year, you're like, I can't wait to next offseason because I think this kid's going to be really good. So, I got uh, I got 27-20 birds Monday Night Football. They start slow, a little bit of rust despite the rest. They dominate the second half, 27-20. Keep Jordan Reed in check, Eagles secondary linebackers. Yeah. You heard me. Keep him in check, 27-20 birds, 6-1. Complete control of the NFC East. You? This is going to be a Monday night bomb. 38-10 Eagles. What? Put a stamp on it. They go, they're going to go, and it's going to be their third division win, which means at worst we can finish 500 in the division. I think we bomb the Redskins at home, especially behind this crowd, because the crowd's going to be insane. And the defense just feeds off the energy of the crowd. I really think we're going to bomb the hell out. <laughs> I love it. Good stuff, brother. Good stuff as always. Uh, I'll try and get up in a week or so as we near episode 100. Go birds. Go birds. Thanks for listening, everybody. Really appreciate the love and support. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com and Twitter, of course. We love you guys and uh, couldn't do it without you. Until next time, go birds for John Mita, Joe Donald. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.